He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys joining you as always. Jim Woodward, our man Woody, will be joining us later in the show as we react to the regional sites, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, the works. We've got them all, and uh, we'll be bringing that your way as well as a Wells Fargo Championship preview toward the end of the show. Last week, we had Rom and a bunch of guys. This week, we have Rory and a bunch of guys. But we need to start... With the NCAA Regionals, we've been eagerly awaiting, especially since Jimmy Austin was announced as host, taking over for Alabama a week ago. And now, uh, Oklahoma will be down at Jimmy Austin hosting. And Sam, they got Texas as the two seed at their regional. We get a little OU Texas in the same regional in Norman? Are you kidding me? It's going to be electric. I'm so, so sad we can't go to this, Colby. It's the worst. It's P- so For those of you who don't know, it's PGA Championship Week. It's the Monday through Wednesday, and, and we're all going to be in Tulsa. The media works the most Monday through Wednesday of you know, yeah. major championships. Yeah, it's the practice round. That's when all your stories and stuff <sighs> come out. Taylor, OU Texas, both down at Jimmy. That's going to be electric for uh, anybody who's fortunate enough to be down there. Oh, it's going to be absolutely But I don't know, guys. I'm looking here at the team standings, and OU number one seed, I understand, for home course. But by the seeding, the seventh seed shouldn't be at their regional. I- I'm really curious as to how this all worked out. You know, I'll say this for OU's sake, because I, I think there's li- like literally no doubt that they're going to make it to their regional, right? So I'll say this. If Texas somehow does end up winning that regional or beats OU at that regional, I think it'll light a little bit of fire in OU to be able to get maybe a little bit even more momentum going into the national title. So I think actually for OU's sake, it's actually probably a good thing. I think some of the other teams in the regional may be kind of not so happy. You got Auburn, you got South Carolina, Ole Miss, Louisville, uh, Missouri kind of highlight that some of the other teams down there as well. So really good regional in, in Norman. But, but Colby, I got to ask you a question. Why am I scrolling through here on these sites and, some regionals have 13 teams, some have 14 teams, and some in some regionals individuals have five and some have 10. Why is that the case? Yeah, I don't know. That's just the way that it works out. Um, there, there's six regional sites, so... Okay, well, it says here, 13 teams, 10 individuals not on those teams will compete at each of three regionals, while the other three regionals will have 14 teams and five individuals not on those teams. So I guess it was just the way the numbers worked out. They had to do it that way. But the top five teams from each regional will advance. So that's if you're looking for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, Sam, that's what you need to be looking at. And OU and Texas are in Jimmy. Oklahoma State, which I assumed, I think most people assumed, we're going to traditions down at Texas A&M. They're going to Ohio State Golf Club in Columbus. Columbus uh, and Ohio State, by the way, at their home course is the sixth seed in that regional. That kind of feels a little bit like OU getting shipped off to Albuquerque last year where that team was getting to play at their home course. I still fully expect Oklahoma State to come out, but I was really surprised to see them in Columbus as opposed to to College Station. OSU didn't get the best draw in the world, that's for sure, especially for being a two seed. You have to go play Ohio State on their home course. I will never understand this, Colby. I don't If get you're it. not a top seed. 
Yeah. Because to me, I actually don't mind a team hosting if they're one of the top six seeds and they're the one seed right. in that regional. But, like, Ohio State is well, now that's the how it sixth seed. Be. To me, I think the, yeah. the, the top – the number one seed, especially, should be able to either host a regional or pick the site that they want to go to. So they're essentially telling us that Ohio State is between the 31st and 36th best team in the country, and now they get to host this regional and all these other teams. I mean, East Tennessee State, Clemson, Arkansas, Duke, Georgia Tech, Oklahoma State, all these other teams. Let's say Ohio State goes out and lights it up on their home course. I mean, that's a spot that gets taken away from everybody else. Yeah, so like you said, Oklahoma State, Georgia Tech, Arkansas, Clemson, they did get a little bit of a break I think with East Tennessee State but then you have Ohio State and Duke those are perennial really solid golf schools there I don't think they'll have a problem getting out but you know when the the sixth seed it's the sixth seed they only take five and the sixth one is from Ohio State yeah they- T- Taylor how do you feel does this does this kind of have shades of OU in Albuquerque last year I think it absolutely does. And I'll say this too, you know, not even highlighting just that regional, uh, Yale's hosting a regional and there's a dang 13 seat. I mean, so, I mean, you talk about some, some weird stuff going on. I mean, like we've talked a hundred, hundreds upon hundreds of times about ways to fix this. And I think eventually it will happen, but yeah, I think I will say this, you know, I, I believe that I think it would have helped OSU more had they gone through to two traditions. Just because Carson is, is tougher than the tradition is, but there are a lot of similarities between the two courses. Um, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Ohio State, I was about to say Oklahoma State. Ohio State's home course in Columbus. Very long course, kind of a more traditional S, so I do think it does suit their game as well. Regional is tougher in that aspect. But you look at some other teams down there too, like Duke, the seventh seed, uh, Florida Gulf Coast, Northwestern. So, I mean, you've got some teams here that, haven't been playing very good this year, but yet are still perennial powerhouses, or, or maybe not powerhouses, but at least have good, stable programs. Then you add on top Georgia Tech and Arkansas and Clemson in there. East, East Tennessee State is the other one. I don't know a whole lot about them. But I don't know, guys. I'm kind of worried about OSU. I still think they get through and still fairly easily, but they definitely did not get a very good draw on the, on the selection Wednesday. And it doesn't help them that Arkansas kind of reeled down the stretch of the regular season, and now they're a three seed in their same regional. Kind of a sneaky, they could have been a one seed. Because Arkansas is still a very talented team, so they could yeah. definitely still play some good golf. Don't think it's the best draw for Oklahoma State. Still wouldn't say that I'm necessarily worried. I expect all of the one seeds to get out. So let's just run through all the one seeds, shall we? So yeah. PGA National down in Palm Beach Gardens, uh, that's hosted by Florida Atlantic. Vanderbilt is the number one seed down there. Interesting there, there that they put Florida with Vanderbilt. Yep, yep, a couple of SEC squads there. So Ohio State, we mentioned, hosting the regional. Oklahoma State is the one seed there. OU is the one seed at Jimmy Austin. Uh, the reserve at Spaniels Park, that's out in Stockton, California, being hosted by Pacific. Arizona State is the number one seed in that regional, so they kind of get to stay out west. Pepperdine does not get to stay out west. Traditions Club, hosted by Texas A&M, where kind of we thought Oklahoma State was going to wind up. Pepperdine is the number one seed at Traditions they Club. they got a weird draw, too. They have to it go is play a weird draw. at A&M. It is a weird draw. Against A&M. Yeah, yeah. So then Yale is hosting, you mentioned, 13 seed. Uh, Yeah, 13 seed out of 14 in that regional. But the number one seed there is North Carolina. Texas Tech, the two seed in that region. So uh, I don't know. I still think that there's a good chance that we wind up with four Big 12 schools making it through the regionals. But I just... I don't know. I'm looking for something. I feel like it's being a little bit homerish, but I think even people nationally have got to be looking at these regionals. And the most enticing, Taylor, to me, it's obviously OU in Texas. It's just 
That's the storyline. The only other one yeah. I could see nationally having the same draw would maybe be Pepperdine and Texas A&M. Well, yeah, and that regional is by far the toughest regional to me, having Georgia, Tennessee, Kansas, who has played solid golf. But if you look at the six through nine seed here. You're, and this is the uh, Pepperdine regional, Pepperdine which is at Texas at A&M. Traditions, yeah. You have Arizona, Michigan State, SMU, who won the AAC, and Boise State, who all have played solid golf at times so far this year. I think that the tradition is the best chance to see uh, six through thirteen seed go through. I, I would probably agree with you there, Sam. You look at some other regionals as well. You know, you mentioned Florida and Vanderbilt being in the same uh, regional. But you also have Florida State in that regional as well. So you've kind of got uh, you've got the Gators and the Seminoles in there as well. And then you scroll down as well. We already mentioned the Ohio State um, regional, but I, I will say this too, guys. This is probably the best six-course lineup for regional courses that I can remember in some time. The only one that I'm not real familiar with is the reserves course out in Stockton, but Traditions course is awesome. Um, the Yale course is one of the best collegiate courses in the country. We all know about Jimmy Austin and the Ohio State course. And then PJ National. So, I mean, I think that, you know, we've talked about this before, guys, where, you know, we will watch tournaments, you know, not even really based on the field. A lot of times we do it based off the courses. And if I'm able to watch any of these courses, I would love to because these are some of the best courses, not just collegiately, but in the country. So not only am I just looking for some good play from the college teams, guys, I'm excited to see what they do on these great golf courses. Yeah, yeah. I, I just Googled the reserve at Spaniels Park. And I'm just kind of checking it out. It looks like a good golf course. I don't know that it looks uh, as elite as like a Jimmy Austin or, or a Traditions maybe uh, or Columbus, Ohio State has an amazing golf course. But, I mean, it certainly looks like a nice golf course. Yeah, 100%. And I also wanted to mention the fact that, um, you know, Alabama not being in as a team, they did get two individuals in. Cannon Claycomb and Thomas Ponder from Alabama will play individually at the Traditions Club down at A&M. Uh, but Alabama did not make it uh, into the tournament as a wow. team. Tough year for Bama. They That's were supposed wild. To, they were supposed to host. They have to give up their regional due to course conditions, and then they don't get in yeah. as a squad. It's Look, look, obviously we follow Oklahoma and Oklahoma State golf much more closely, but we kind of keep an eye on what's happening around the country. Alabama for a long time was a really, really good golf program. Think about a guy like Justin Thomas coming through there. Just saw a few minutes ago he's committed to the Byron Nelson here in a couple of weeks. I mean, a guy like that yeah. comes through Bama, Bud but Colley, other Trey guys, Mullinax. Trey Mullinax, you know, Corey Whitsett even in college was really, really good. Um, what's happened to Alabama? Thomas, or um, not Tom, uh, Love Lady. You yeah, know, yeah, he, yeah. He was really good back in the day. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just a down year, but it yeah. sounds like they barely missed it considering they have two uh, you know, individuals playing down at A&M. You know what I think they probably need? They probably need some Groove It brushes on their clubs to keep them nice and clean. They can hit it further and straighter. The Groove It brush is quite possibly the finest golf club cleaner ever made. Put some water in the end of it. You put it right on the club face and use the brush. Magnets to your bag with a magnet that could probably be used at NASA for parts on a spaceship. This is not falling off your bag while you're driving down the cart, no matter how you drive the cart. Uh, so check them out. GrooveItBrush.com. Make sure you use our promo code 73rd hole for 10% off. GrooveItBrush.com 73rd hole gets you 10% off. Uh, all right. This is exciting. May 16th through 18th for the regionals. And then, of course, uh, the following week, we will have the national championships out at Greyhawk. I I'm really... 
guys, all along, I've kind of said, it's the big three and Pepperdine for me. Who, who am I missing, Taylor? If, if you were to look at somebody outside the big three, when I say the big three, I mean OU, OSU, and Texas, or Pepperdine, because those are the four I'm, I'm soloed in on. Taylor, who's another team that you're looking at that you feel like is probably going to come out of the regional and you really want to keep an eye on at Greyhawk? You know, two, two teams I'm looking at, guys, that we hadn't mentioned so far are Arizona State and North Carolina. Um, both of them number one seeds as well. I think that Arizona State um, prevailing at, at Greyhawk being in, in their home state, they made it through match play last year, the same as North Carolina did. So those are two teams with experience on that front. So just kind of listing off, off of the kind of big seeds, if I had to scroll even a little bit further down to think of maybe a team that could make a move, I think A&M's a good pick just because they're playing at the tradition, so I assume that they're definitely going to get through. Arkansas is another team down at 14, I think, has a chance as well. And then even down there at the 17th-ranked team, according to golf stats, Wake Forest. I think they're a really good team and have really solid. So I, I probably wouldn't go as far as scrolling all the way down. I don't see any of these maybe 12 to 13 seeds making any type of run when it comes to a national title. I, I do think that Yale being a 13 seed has a great chance of moving on from their regional. I still just don't think that they'll have a good chance at, um, at contending for the national championship. I will say this, guys. I am, you know, we've talked a lot about um, what happened with, in match play with, um, with Texas Tech um, down at the uh, Big 12 championships and all that. So I think that, you know, Texas Tech, I am slightly worried about them going all the way up to Yale. And um, I, they may be probably, if I'm throwing through here, on two seeds that I think may not have a chance to make it. Unfortunately for the Big 12, I might throw Tech into that category. I'm going to go with four teams, Colby, from the SEC that you didn't mention. Okay. I'm going to go Vanderbilt, yep. Florida, who both of them were in the championship match, uh, in the match play of the SEC championship. And then give me Arkansas, who played well, really well in the fall and kind of toward the start of the spring season and then kind of, you know, struggled a little bit towards the end. Um, but they're really, really talented. Arkansas can make a run. And then A&M, they have the best player in the country. I think that, you know, when you have that kind of talent, you always have to watch out for them. I think they were probably, um, them and Vanderbilt, were the favorites to win the SEC championship. Vanderbilt ends up making it. Florida, you know, makes that final match. But Texas A&M playing at their home course, they'll make it out, and they're going to be a tough team uh, to beat in uh, Arizona at Greyhawk. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Uh, obviously, I think we, we feel good about the in-state schools. It's just a matter of going out and playing good golf at the right time. Right, and then one more thing that I was going to mention was uh, Baylor had the only individual from the Big 12. So uh, Johnny Kiefer from Baylor – that means we'll have Mike McGraw uh, down at Jimmy Austin, which yeah. will be nice. Uh, Mike McGraw, one of the best in the business. Um, but, yeah, boys, I think that overall, OU Texas, they they will both make it out. I think that Auburn, South Carolina, Old Miss, Louisville, Missouri, I'm not worried about any of those teams beating OU or Texas. Are yeah. you? No, I'm not either. I'm not either. And, and we won't be able to be down at Jimmy Austin because we'll be at Southern Hills. But you know who is going to be down at Jimmy Austin? None other than 73rd hole correspondent, Jim <laughs> Woodward. That's going to be beautiful. We're going to be getting uh, you know updates from Woody while we're up at the PGA. And he's going to be like, boys, you know what? These guys just can't putt. <laughs> <laughs> Woody, you're going to be down at Jimmy Austin. You get to see OU and Texas. What a draw for the regional. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm thinking, boy, I, how much, how much fun is that for OU? They just, 
Well, you heard Coach Hibble say, can you think of two teams he wants to beat more than the two teams he beat? No. Okay. <laughs> he took them out, and he loves it. Now he gets Texas again. Um, uh, you know, that, that's pretty cool. I, I love any time OU and Texas are playing anything. I think there's a tiddlywinks game going on pretty soon. I'm going to go watch it. <laughs> yeah, OU and Texas and anything is great, and it kind of gives OU a chance to to once again further prove its supremacy over Texas. Oklahoma has been the better golf program uh, for several years now under Coach Hibble. OU got the better of them last week at Whispering Pines, and now they get matched up again down at Jimmy. They'll presumably, Woody, both get through and then get to kind of see each other again at Greyhawk and have a chance to, uh, to to battle it out once again. But it's it's been coming up all Sooners so far. And, I mean, at their home course, Woody, I, I don't know why I would expect it to be any different. No, and that, of course, Texas, those linebags, you know, they'll say, well, they're playing on their home course. This really isn't fair. You can imagine how that's going to go down. But uh, now that I know the guys have that rule, which you guys explained to me last time we talked, that if you got a guy playing bad, you can just run him off and get another one. <laughs> I'm still such a week. I'm still so down on that. I couldn't get over it. I hardly slept that night. I was so pissed. Uh, but it, with that type of situation, you know you got OU where you want them. Yeah, I mean, OU, how, they can't be any better. Right? 100%, yeah. Woody. And uh, not only are they playing good team golf, but Chris got her up yesterday uh, qualified through local qualifying at Hollywood Golf Club. Um, shot 764 to make the Northeast, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, I think it was somewhere up in the Northeast. Fired a nice little 64. Just a smooth little 64, Woody. Made it look easy. <laughs> well, we're talking about talented people here. So, uh, 64, <laughs> that, you know, what, what, what are we – we shouldn't be surprised. Now, come on. So, no, uh, I think I think both teams – I think uh, OU and OSU mean both teams. They're gelling good at the right time, too. Both both teams have got some guys that are playing some pretty good golf. So, um, although with golf, uh, highly, you never know. You remember last year at the regional, OU almost didn't qualify. So, um, I don't expect that out of OU this year, don't get me wrong. But funny things happen when you play golf. Uh, there's no guarantee till it's done, right? A hundred percent, Woody. I got to ask you, we talked a lot about it. Pepperdine having to go play at A&M, OSU having to go play at Ohio State. Both A&M and Ohio State will be in those regionals. How do you feel about a top seed having to go play a team that is not a top seed on their home course? Well, I, I, you know, it, it's like anything when we talk about ifs and buts and, you know, golf's not fair. It's it, it, if we were going to play a sport that we wanted it to be fair, golf's not the one you should choose, okay? <laughs> so you probably, again, we probably just need to suck it up and go do what we know how to do. We play the best golf, and if OU plays their kind of golf, and so does OSU, it won't matter what where that region's played at, where what course, who's playing in it, they should be there. So the only reason why they won't is if they don't play good. And if they don't, then what difference does it make what golf course you're on? Right. Well, and you know, you know what? You make a good point about the uh, when you get these deeper teams, right? And you can use the sub rule for the alternate. And you, I mean, like we mentioned, you don't need injuries or anything like that. So you go out and for a team like OSU, who we've been talking about for a long time, guys, where 
uh, what was it? Not not the Big 12s, obviously, but their tournament before that, they took four individuals, so they had nine players total. So they've been kind of trying to figure out who's going to be that uh, four and five spot. So I think that with this new rule, it allows them to, if they have one guy who doesn't play very well in the first round, they can just sub him out and put another guy out there who's going to do well. So I, I think the main thing these teams have to worry about, guys, is if they have one round where where two of their if two guys on the team play bad, or heaven forbid, if three guys on the team play bad, you're already going to be fighting an uphill battle right there. So I right. think it's more or less the, the case of, you know, they play good golf throughout the way, but you, even if you have one round where, like I mentioned, two or three guys play bad, they're going to be fighting uphill. So if you can go three straight days where only one of your guys plays bad, I don't think any of these uh, uh, top seeds have anything to worry about. I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, golf, don't we, like we've always said, there's the first tee. Put your peg in the ground when you finish on 18. What'd you shoot? And no whining. Just get it done and go about your business and go to the go to Greyhawk. It, it's pretty cut and dried. Now, Woody, I want to ask you, have you played any of these golf courses? We've got PGA National Resort down in Palm Beach, uh, the Scarlet Club there at Ohio State, Jimmy Austin. Obviously, I'm sure we've all played Jimmy Austin. The Reserve at Spaniels Park, which is out in Stockton, California. Traditions Club down at Texas A&M. And then the other one, nope, that's the final one. Have you played uh, Yale Golf Course? Pardon me, I knew there was one more. Yale Golf Course up in Connecticut. Have you played any of those besides Jimmy? Uh, I have played PGA National. I actually played a PGA Championship at PGA National in 1987. Uh, funny story there. Um, I made 20 birdies in an eagle. Whoa. Okay? Wow. wow. Um, and I shot, I think, 12 or 14 over for the tournament. I'm not sure, but uh, I was uh, <laughs> Uh, can you imagine, you know, if I had 50 holes left to play or 51 holes left to play and I was 22 under and I think I shot 14 over. So uh, <laughs> I'm pretty proud of that, not. Um, there's some holes there that will sting you right on the buttock. So um, I'm not a big PGA National fan other than the fact it's hard. Um, the A&M course, played it. It's it's good. I really like it. Of course, Greyhawk, uh, I played it one time uh, in a tournament. So, you know, I, these regional golf courses, um, you know, OU kind of got lucky, didn't they, guys? Because they yeah. wouldn't have gotten to go where they wouldn't have been at OU normally if, if the Alabama course hadn't been that torn up. So um, They probably would have gone to A&M. I was thinking probably traditions, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think they would have. So, you know, there's there's some there's little luck involved there, and and good for OU. Um, but you know, the other side of that coin, we didn't talk about it. Is that some added pressure knowing you're playing your home golf course? What do y'all think about that? I I, I definitely think it is some added pressure. I, I do think though. I mean, you know, because these guys, like for example, OU, they're they're going to be qualified. They put, played that course how many ever times? So you get to yeah. some other some other teams, right? Who like, for example, Tulsa, when they had a program, right, they played at four or five different home courses. So, But I think that it helped OU and especially Texas A&M in the sense of, you know, they played so much at that course because the facility is so nice, so they're not going to leave it. And I think that it'll help, too, for OU and, and Texas A&M, too, both being in Texas if the wind picks up because they've probably seen that their home course on every single type of wind possible. Wait. And I think that, especially out at Jimmy Austin, that could play a really big factor Especially if it gets up to 25 to 30 miles an hour, like it very well could happen in May. I think that is going to be 
advantageous to the teams that know that course a lot better. I agree with that, T-Dub. You know, Woody, totally. back to your question about having more pressure, maybe a little bit more pressure, but I think that knowing the course just means so much more, um, you know, than having that extra added pressure. I would rather have the added pressure and, and play on my home course. I mean, I think that, you know, it, it saves you so many shots just knowing where to miss the ball. Um, and I think that OU is going to win that regional by at least, you know, five to ten shots. Well, and, and knowing where to miss it, but also just knowing all your lines, having all your eye lines, having played it in all the different wins. I do think there's an additional pressure to it, but it's like we look at Oklahoma State in 2018 at Karsten Creek for Nationals. That was a lot of pressure yeah. for Oklahoma State because it had been a while since they'd won one. You've got it on your home course. You've got kind of your superstar lineup with Hovland, Boshu, uh, or Hovland, Wolf, Boshu, Eckrode, all these guys, yep. and Ventura. That's a lot of pressure. But you're at your home course, you're the best team. You just go out and get it done. So, And they also uh, didn't change the course up like they did the time they had it there before. Right, right, back you in know, 2011. When they added the heavy rough and everything, yep. I, I think that if they just keep the course yeah, that was, the that same. That was the U-line Hoffman-Tway team in 2011 that lost to Patrick Reed's Augusta State team. Yes, yep. if they, if they yep. keep the course the same, they're par for the course, you know, pardon the pun, but their par for the, cor- for the course is way lower than everybody else's by just the w- because they played it so much. By, by the way, Woody, I agree. conspiracy theory rabbit hole now. Uh, we didn't have too many cameras at Carson Creek in 2011, and that rough was up. Patrick Reed was cheating, right? Well, you know, of course, our Patrick Reed, you got to love that, that chicken neck. Gee, many Christmas. Uh, how about him winebagging about Tiger getting favorable treatment when he gets when he went to Southern Hills? Did you guys read about that? Yeah, I think we talked about it the other day, but I don't think we got your thoughts oh, you on did? it. That was, boy, I that was something, I wasn't it? Ah, uh, Jamie, are you kidding me? I, I just when I when I read that, I thought, God, this guy he 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 won't step on himself no matter what he does. Whether he cheats at golf, he opens his mouth. He just it's just horrible. First off, Tiger Woods did not that is that is not something the PGA didn't give him any big advantage. And having Kerry Cosby carry his golf clubs, that was just happened so that you know what? He probably couldn't get hold of Joe Lacaba on short notice and Kerry volunteers in. That's not What's Kerry supposed Kerry to say? Cosby. No, Tiger, you can loop it yourself. No. Also not today. <laughs> also Woody, well, Wesley not- Bryan, a fellow tour pro, he said that he did the same right. thing for the RBC Heritage a few weeks ago. He said that any director of golf at any club they play on tour will do that for you. It's not like a rarity or something that never happens. Lord no. In in Cobb, hey, they just redid the golf course. I mean the greens are going to be a little uh, – they might have changed a few undulations. I know they changed a lot around the complexes themselves, but it shows you how smart Tiger is. He knows Kerry Haig that does all of the uh, rules for the PGA, whether it's senior, uh, club pro, whatever it is. Kerry Haig's in charge of all that. They will go back and use basically the same pin placement. So kudos for Tiger for being smart enough to say, hey, has anybody got a pin sheet from this PGA that was played? And, you know, that's why he's Tiger Woods and Patrick Reed's a, a cheating son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go to dinner with him if he was serving it at Ruth Chris. I, I, I mean, what a jerk. So, and he just confirms he's more of a jerk every time he says stuff like this. So, you know. 
I'm sorry about that. I went a little nuts there. But. No, I think I think that was I think that was an exquisite expression of how we all feel about Patrick yeah. Reed. Uh, guys, before we go to break, we've got a famous golf birthday today. Anybody know who it is? It is Rory McIlroy. Bob Clay. It is Rory McIlroy. I believe it's also Bob Birthday, Tway. It, it's Bob Tway. Yeah, it's yeah. Bob wow. Tway. Rory McIlroy and Bob Tway, 30 years apart, I think. Rory McIlroy turns 33 years old today. Uh, trivia, Kyle Porter posted this on Twitter seven minutes ago. He posted how many majors wow. Phil had on his 33rd birthday, because Rory has four. Yeah. Four. Uh, four. Forty. <laughs> Forty. Rory has four, four majors. Four, yeah. So how many did Phil have on his 33rd birthday, and how many did Tiger have on his 33rd birthday? Guesses? Wow. Tiger uh, had 13 on his 33rd birthday. 14? 13. 14. I want a 14. Pick it. Pick it. Which one's it going to be? 14. I'm going 13 on Tiger. And Phil, how old was he when he won the one in 2004? Right. You're trying to do the math now. Just guess. All Top right. of your head. 13 and yeah, you one. You just got to guess. Phil, I'll go two. Phil had zero. Yeah, majors on his 33rd birthday wow he didn't win his first one until wow. 04 he would have been he was 34 or 35 when he won his first one tiger he had uh all 14 of his through tory pines he would have been 34 because his birthday's on father or on the you know the yes. u.s open yep. he won the 2008 u.s open in june of that year and then tiger turned 33 in on december 30th of that year so yeah, kind of a little fun fact there those tiger stats are unbelievable what I, I saw Four. another one. Unbelievable. I got to pull this up, guys. All right, pull, pull it up during the break. Let's take a break, come back on the other side. We'll have another fun Tiger stat, and we'll talk about Rory, whether he can defend at the Wells Fargo Championship. He's won it three times, but they were all three at Quail Hollow. We'll talk about that and a little bit more coming up on the other side. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. We're back rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys, Jim Woodward with us as well as we get ready for the Wells Fargo Championship this week and then 
Big, big golf coming up the next few weeks in the state of Oklahoma. Next week, Karsten Creek. Go out there Monday through Wednesday next week for the NCAA uh, Division I Women's Regional. I'll be out there on Wednesday for that final round, so come up and say hi if you're at Karsten Creek next week. Uh, we'd love to see you and talk to you. The following week is the regional at Jimmy Austin down in Norman, as well as the PGA Championship at Southern Hills. So make sure golfoklahoma.org is your homepage. You're on the newsletter, all that good stuff, and follow us on Twitter at the 73rd Hole and Instagram 73rd hole as we will be producing a ton of great content over the next few weeks. Sam, you found a tiger stat for us during the break. You didn't spoil it, so you said it was crazy. I'm on the edge of my seat. It's pretty nuts. So there's only three players uh, career win rate at 10% or higher since the official world golf rankings started in 1996. Or 1986. 1986, yes. Three with 10% or higher win rates? Yes. Name the three and give the percentage. Uh, I mean, we know Tiger is one. Tiger at about 22%. Okay. What, what, who are the other two? What do you got any guesses? Guys that won more than 10% of their starts? Um, my, my first thought would be Phil. Um, not Phil, but I, I'm, I'm pretty much lost on that one. Dustin I don't Johnson. Not Dustin Johnson. Dustin. 10% win rate. One guy is playing right now. One guy, um, is newsworthy right now. Uh, Greg Norman. Yes, Greg, Greg Norman. Norman. <laughs> there he is. Woody's best hint. friend. Be that was a good hint. That's good. Greg Norman. Good. That was a good guess, too. I mean, I uh, should have guessed Norman because ha- he beat my brains out. Has Rory, is it Rory? has Rory made 200 starts? Because he's got 20 wins. Nope, it's not Rory. So he's made more than 200 starts. Um, Is it Spieth? It's not Spieth. Oh, my god! It's an interesting one. It's like JT? It's not JT. I can't believe you haven't guessed it yet. It's, and it's wow. an active guy? Yes. Morikawa. No, it's not Morikawa. Oh, my gosh. I'm racking my brain here. <laughs> this is driving me nuts. Yeah, how have we not got this? You, there's a reason why you haven't gotten it, but it's an obvious choice. Oh, no. Okay. That's making me feel worse <laughs> about it. I feel like you're going to have to give it to us, though. It's John Rom. John Rahm and the reason why you guys weren't thinking about it is because now he's only two and seven two and six right and having 54 hole leads but has he not made more than 70 tour starts though because he's got seven wins 14 wins and 140 starts oh we're doing worldwide wins worldwide wins okay official world golf ranking yeah yeah okay okay yep I got you that makes sense yeah so here it is here it is Greg Norman is at 10.2 percent um, I guess I should have said Rom first at 10% exactly. Tiger is at 22.2%. So T-Dub nailed it on the percentage. He Elite. won 22.2% of the time, and he had 419 starts. He had 93 worldwide wins. <laughs> Greg Norman won God, 42 it- times in 409 starts, and John Rom has won 14 times in 140 starts. <laughs> And the and the wow. Tiger stuff used to be higher until he played all those tournaments with his back injury, right. and then that made it go even lower. So it was at probably around twenty four percent for a long time, guys. Yeah, and those leg, wow. knee, the knee injuries, the Achilles injuries, the, ch- the chipping yips, all those down years, those are all included in that twenty two point two percent. That's insane! It's just wow. it's absolutely and, and- wild. Hey, let's not forget it, getting hit over the head with a golf club and had to go get a, had to go to a therapist <laughs> for a sex issue. So, all good golf. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of it. And we're, and we're still at 22%. He, he is so strong, guys. Good God, he's strong. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's better than one out of five tournaments, guys, that you win. That's just unbelievable thing. Yeah, for an with entire career. With one of career. them, the Mexican Open. 
I uh, don't believe that he ever won <laughs> the Mexico Open at Vedanta yeah. with fairways the size of uh, the fairways did, yeah, the size of I, the state of Kansas. <laughs> I, I didn't think so, but I thought I'd have. So last night we were talking about this in the break. Last night, Taylor, you stumbled upon the same thing that I stumbled upon, which was golf's greatest rounds on Golf Channel. They were playing the 2007 PGA Championship, played at none other than Southern Hills. And Taylor, I don't know about you. I was a little bit taken aback. The the course really did look different. I mean, it looked vi- maybe it was older, you know, video it was being shot on and stuff. But the redesign and everything, the course looks so good now, at Southern, and it looked great in two thousand seven. But I could really see the differences just watching it on TV last night. Oh, I absolutely could too. I think that one of the first holes they showed last night on the with just the time it came on was hole number seven, and it's like it's almost like they built that hole in a whole nother state with how different it is. I mean, truly unbelievable. And especially some of the areas around the greens that you can see even on television. And a lot of times you can't see those things, but, but some other things I took you know, from highlight guys is that one, I remember it hot, but I don't remember it being that hot. Like it was absurdly. They said the average oh, was temperature hot. was like one Oh one heat index was like one ten. And I remember them talking about this when it happened, but looking back on it, it really should have done this. They should have been allowed to wear shorts for those tournament rounds. I mean, I, I don't condone that normally, but how hot it was that they should have done it. So that's one thing I took from it. One other thing I noticed, guys, I didn't remember this either. There's only five players to break par for the entire tournament. Uh, Tiger, who won an eight under, uh, Woody Austin, Ernie, uh, Aaron Overholzer, and John Sendit were the, were the five to, uh, to break par. So I think that, um, I mean, it's just pretty telling how if they want to set this course up, challenging how they want to, it's going to be like that. And especially, you know, now in May, obviously it was in August then, so they deal with the heat and a little bit of wind. But in May, who knows what kind of weather we're going to get up there. So I think that we're in we're in still for that test as well, guys. I don't think we're going to see that many guys get to under par. And I'll honestly be surprised unless we just get immaculate weather if someone gets the double digits under par. Colby, do you know who I watched Tigers 62 and a half with or who I walked the back nine with? Uh, no, I don't. It was Taylor Williams. Really? Y'all were yes. there together Booyah. on that day. Yeah, we, were, we weren't there together. We just saw each other there, and we knew each other from playing junior golf, and we watched Tigers 62 and a half. I still, guys, cannot believe that ball didn't go in the hole. It literally went underneath the hole. You could see the ball disappear, and then it came back up. It's one of the most unbelievable things I've seen on a golf course to this day. With well, if 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 there's such a thing as a sixty-two and a half, you're right. I would almost call that sixty-two and three quarters. <laughs> I mean, it was that that putt just absolutely amazed me how to shoot out of that hole. But how good is that round of golf that he shot there? And to think that he wouldn't come back with those kinds of memories. I, I like I said last time we talked. I, I he's got only a few majors left in him. I think, and he's not going to miss one where he had that kind of good vibes. He was solid as a rock. Now, he almost melted up there like everybody else, but he was so solid on that golf course. So he, he has really good memories. And he was just a little more solid than, like you said, Ernie Els and one Woody Austin. Hashtag how high, fellas? How high did Woody Austin get at his peak of the OWGR? Oh wow. Um, Tough one. He played on President's Cup that year. Um, mm. Give me 31. I think. Well, he actually he played a Ryder Cup, didn't he, for it? So he had to be in the – he wasn't in the top 30. I, I'd say 45. Yeah, I was going to say around that. I'll, I'll go 40. 
Oh, y'all are downplaying Woody Austin. He did get in the top 30 just barely in 2008. 29th. 29th wow. in the world is as high as Woody Austin got. Well done, Taylor. You the pride close. of the dirty dub, Wichita. Oh, really? And, yep. And Woody Austin, most famous for breaking his putter over his head, literally slamming the shaft <laughs> of, of the putter in his head like 10 times in a row. Is he more I mean, famous for that or falling in the water? Oh, yes, the falling in the water as well. Let's not forget about that either. I believe that was at the President's Cup, yeah. if I remember right. So, yeah, Woody Austin. A, a legend for what he does on the course, not necessarily the golf shots that he hits. He's the only golfer I know, you, pro golfer, got- that ever suffered a concussion. <laughs> I just and he pulled was up, self-inflicted. I just pulled up the video, by the way. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> just Google okay, Woody so Austin now guys, putter. Hey, okay. who's the more, who has trivia. more personality, Woody Austin or Woody Jim Woodward? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's close, but he's got a little better playing record. Uh, but here's the trivia question. Where did he hit himself with the head with his putter? What golf course, what tournament, and if you're really good, what hole did he beat himself into almost oblivion? Oh, God. I have no idea. Uh, I couldn't tell you. This was a little, bit, wife, a little bit before my time. Well, my wife always says, how do you remember some of this stuff? I don't know. <laughs> Where was like, it, Woody? I, you'd think I would have killed enough brain cells. I couldn't. Um, <laughs> he was at the Heritage Classic yep. on the par 3 14th hole. Yep, I cheated because <laughs> I, 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 I had the video pulled up. That's why I wasn't guessing because I cheated and had the video pulled up, so I didn't want to spoil it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the year. 1997. Well, what, am, I, am I right where he was? Yep, it was 1997, and it was at the at the at what at the time was called the Verizon Heritage, is now the RBC Heritage. On the par 314, right? Uh, it looks that way. It doesn't have it listed here. Or but par 313. It's got the, yeah, water, it was, it's got it's the water on the right. Yeah, I think it's the 14th. Yeah, it's got the yeah. water on the right here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to tell you what, I don't know how he didn't draw blood because he, he, he whooped himself pretty hard, and I did hit himself with the shaft. He didn't use the head of the putter. <laughs> if, if he had done that, I think we would have had to call an ambulance. Seriously, well, every, those, those everybody listening. can be pretty, uh, pretty violent as well. Colby knows all about that. Everybody listening, you have to Google Woody Austin putter and just watch him hold his putter head and just – smoke himself in the head repeatedly until he has bent the shaft <laughs> now, now, of his putter. Oh, yeah. Now, Woody, I, <laughs> yeah, feel I, like, I feel like you guys probably played some golf together. You got any Woody Austin stories? Oh, geez. I'll I tell you what. I, I played a lot of golf with Woody Austin. I also played a lot with John Daly, believe it or not. I even played mini tour golf with John Daly, which was a trip. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the crazy thing with Woody Austin this guy had a lot of talent, guys. I mean, he was 29th in the world at one point, so I'm not well, hello, what he does. Uh, but he he was unbelievable driver of the golf ball. Straight, straight. I mean, and he could smoke it, too. Not long, long, but he drove the ball, and his iron play was so good. I thought he beat himself up with his putter more than once in his life because that frustrated him worse than anything. <laughs> I played with Woody one time where he never missed a fairway, never missed a green, and didn't have it outside 20 feet. I think he shot one under. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, ouch. So, so who, who's I mean, the modern-day equivalent? Who's the modern-day equivalent? Uh, nobody's nobody. Zalatoris, maybe, but – I mean, yeah, maybe Zalator. Like... That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I would have. Okay, that's Tony Fino last week. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, Finau's, yeah. Tony Finau, times. Tony Finau's right there. Yeah, Tony Finau could be that, but but poor old, poor old Woody. I mean, I, I told him when the round was over because luckily we were good enough friends. I said, "Man, I wish I could have putted for you today." <laughs> <laughs> Normally, you don't say that to a guy. Yeah, you just kind of sign the card and slip off. But uh, yeah, um, he was. He and John Daly were probably much fun to play with, though, because you didn't know what was going to happen. It, it, you know, in that eighteen holes. Who knew? Who knew what was going to happen? <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Uh, we've got Wells Fargo Championship this week. No Quail Hollow. Quail Hollow is yep. hosting the President's Cup, so we move over to TPC Potomac for the week. Uh, TPC Potomac, close, right down the road from uh, Congressional, yep. kind of in the D.C. area. Roy McIlroy is defending, won this tournament three times. It was his first tour win with the 62 back in uh, 2010, just before his 21st birthday. So uh, Roy's a big favorite, by the way. I mean, it's... Kind of a lot like last week. It's it's the one big name. Last week it was Ron. This week it's Rory. And then behind that, it's Finau, it's Answer, it's Connors, it's Reed. It's it's a lot of those guys. Colby, you can't just skip over TPC Potomac without saying the fact that if I go to the Golf Channel, it says, "Tell me five things I need to know about TPC Potomac." It does. And five things you need to know about well about the Wells Fargo Championship, okay. which includes a detailed description of TPC Potomac. And who wrote that? I wrote that. <laughs> so so what, are the, what are the five things? I don't really feel like reading it. Uh, the five things. So we've got the TPC Potomac at Avenel Farm is what it's okay. called. It used to be called TPC Avenel, and then they switched it over. Uh, they've hosted they hosted a tour event there for a long time, and now they're just kind of a, a stopgap. Uh, last player to win there. It was in 2018, won by eight shots. Anybody know Francesco who it was? Francesco Molinati. Frankie. Eduardo's brother. <laughs> Eduardo's brother. Frankie is the one who won it. Uh, the other one is the weather. Going to be colder this weekend. It's going to be rain on Friday and Saturday. High temps in the 50s on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see how the guys handle the colder weather. Rory defending is another one. Uh, and then the fifth thing is about a kid named Gregory Odom Jr., who's a senior at Howard. He started his college career. It's actually a really cool story. He started his college career at Memphis, which is where he's from. Stephen Curry decided to launch the golf program at Howard University in 2019. He decided to transfer to Howard. He has been dominant at Howard in the MEAC as their conference, which is the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. They won the conference championship in their second year with the program. He won it as an individual, and now he's playing on a sponsor's exemption this week at the uh, at the Wells Fargo. So That's some, really some cool. cool stories for this him. week. Yeah, that's cool. That's good for him. That that's a heck of a story. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really pretty cool. cool. So you, okay, I okay. Just... Now, now here's some more trivia for you guys. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Oh yeah. After you get past the TPC at Sawgrass, find me a TPC golf course that anybody really likes. Ooh, they had one at Honda that was pitiful. I mean, they had one in Tucson called Star Pass which it might as well should have been on the moon because it was horrible. Who would go there? I don't know. What Waste uh, management? Team. Well, I mean, yeah, waste management. Phoenix well, there. waste management. I forgot about it. Okay. Waste you have a pretty good one there. Okay. See, that's why I got you guys. You got better <laughs> memories. <laughs> I, I you got TBC, TBC Craig Ranch at McKinney. They, they had the Byron Nelson last year. Eh. Um, yeah. eh. TBC eh. River Highlands at Travelers. Eh. They, they eh. garner. Um, TBC Boston held the playoff event for a few years. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't get any of these courses like you're mentioning that are top echelon and even even Sawgrass, like you just said, Woody, I'm one of the people. I, I rip on that course all the time. So, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think yeah. that there's 
and one of them, TBC San Antonio. That's another course that I don't think that is really up there. So, yeah, I, I think you make a good point, Woody. Yeah, yeah. One, of the funny, one of my funny stories for you, when I was on tour, we have a meeting every March where all the pros get to go in and, and the PGA Tour tells you what they're doing. It was always when the TPC was being played. And what what's crazy is how few guys ever go to it. And I remember my rookie year I went, and I was asking about the TPC courses. And, man, this one guy came up to me that worked for the PGA Tour, and he said, I need to talk to you after the show, after the meeting. And I, I thought, oh, God, what have I done now? And, and so when we get finished with that, this guy comes up to me and he goes, why are you interested in that? And I said, well, my background, I'm a club professional by nature, and I'm just curious how they run and how we are doing them, why we pick these sites, who builds them, what goes into them. And the guy goes, well, we'll get back with you on that later. Well, guess what? They never got back with me on that later. They never. They looked at me like, you need to shut the heck up and get out of here. <laughs> and I felt like a whipped puppy dog when I walked out of there. But, you know, shame on them. The PGA Tour is owned by the pros. It's theirs. Just like the PGA of America is owned by the golf professionals. It's not it's not owned by the other uh, the guys that are down there working for us. Okay? The tour is owned by the tour players. Y- y'all realize that, right? right Jay, yeah. Jay Monahan works for the hit, the golf professionals. Okay? So if they got a problem or they want to say something, now I wouldn't do it like Phil Mickelson did. They've got every right to do that. And if they got questions, but, you know, sometimes you felt like you were in Russia where if you dared to say anything, boy, they came down on you like a ton of bricks. I'm not kidding you. And they sure heck did it if you weren't in the top 10 guys on the PGA Tour that they cared about. And trust me, now no time was Woody in the top 10 guys on the PGA Tour. So they didn't like me. They didn't like anything about me asking questions about them. Yeah, you're kind of putting them on the spot and making them answer questions they didn't want to answer, it sounds like. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Colby, I was just going to mention, you know, this is an interesting week here at TPC Potomac, too, because, you know, you don't have the the recent history at that course, right. the, the former course history. Um, but well, I go the back. Most, the most recent we have is four years ago with Francesca. Right. right. And, well, and, and last year in 2022 with Rory. Well, that was at uh, Quail Hollow, though. Quail Hollow. Quail Hollow, That was though, a TPC yeah. It says TPC no. right here. For 2022, which no, is that, this year. Last year was at Quail Hollow. Was it? Yeah. Because oh, okay. last year, on Rory hit, hooked in the water on 18, and, and he you're right, you're right, off you're the right. side nail and dropped it. You're right. But yeah. anyways, yeah, my, I point, think- my point here was I, I was going to mention some past winners here at TPC Potomac. And, you know, Mark, Marco Mira, one of senior players there. Ben Curtis, Adam Scott. Um, you go down the list here, and you have guys like Appleby, Leonard, Stricker, Lee Jansen, Mark Brooks. A, a bunch of major championship winners have won at TPC Potomac. Yeah, it's not a uh, – there's not a lot of easy, like, two-putt birdies. We're not going to see a lot of, like, what we saw at Vedanta with three par fives on the backside and guys reaching them in two and trying to make birdies. The two par fives, there's one on the front, number two. It's a beast. It's scheduled to play 641 this week, so it'd probably be a three-shotter, especially with the cold. And the other one is about five. 90 on the backside, but it's got a little dog leg right. to it that makes it tough to kind of get at. So not a lot of two putt birdies at TPC Potomac makes it. I mean, guys have to earn it a little bit. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's pretty difficult little golf course. I don't think that even though Rory's the pick, I don't look for him to win. If one of you guys want to take him against the field, I'm all in. 
I'll, I'll take that bet. Um, simply because he loves Quail Hollow, and uh, he plays so good at Quail Hollow. I'm, I'm, I might be wrong, but I don't know that he's going to win this week. Yeah, no, I think I agree with you, Woody. Y'all want to uh, start getting into our, our stats here? What yeah, you got, Sam? One more local flair, a name that won here in 1992, Bill Glasson. Nice. I think uh, that's right. Glasson did win there. That is exactly right. In fact, I played that tournament. And one more, actually. And Gil did. Morgan, right? Yeah. yeah, Gil Morgan in 1990 won yeah. here as well. Oh yeah, yeah. That was Doctor Gil Morgan there. I was uh, I was scrolling Twitter last week and somebody posted a highlight from way back in the day of Gil Morgan punching a two iron into the wind somewhere on the coast. Wind's blowing like forty miles an hour, whipping across, and he punches a little two iron from like one hundred sixty yards up to about ten feet into the wind. It was it was pretty salty. This list faked me out here, Colby. It has last year, but it's this year. Do you see what I'm saying? And then it has all the TPC Potomac, right? Yeah, whatever How list that is, that? that's a bad list. It is a yeah, bad list, a bad but list. I hope that all those names that I listed off actually won at TPC Potomac. They did. I had, to look, <laughs> I had to look them all up yesterday for my five things. Those names definitely all did win at TPC Potomac. Uh, let's do a little DraftKings. Right. We can get kind of down in the weeds and see who some of the uh, guys we like are this week. I'll get us started with my cheapest option. I'm going to go with a guy who's already won this year on tour. A uh, little out of form right now, but... Luke List. Luke List is just about okay. due to turn it back around. He's played well in some cool weather, which we're going to have this week at TPC Potomac. So if he can drive the ball well, maybe the cool weather uh, kind of helps him with the way that he can carry the ball uh, in the rain and the cold. So I'll take Luke List at 7,100. Sam? I'll go 7,000 Matthew Wolf, and I'm picking him based on nothing else than talent. I think that you know he hasn't been playing very good golf. It seems like he misses a cut every other week, and when he does make the cut, he finishes 50th you know, play but I think that Matthew Wolf being at 7,000, you have to put him in your lineup. Taylor? Guys, I got the two steals of, of the tournament right here on DraftKings. Both sub 7,000. I'm going bottom of the barrel, 6,000. Just the absolute disrespect they're giving one of the best college players in the game. I think he's a maybe not surefire make the cut, but dang close. Give me Eugenio Lopez Sakara at 6,000. Okay. OS, one of OSU's best players. And then I'm going to go up to 6,900 with my next pick, guys. And if you would have told me that I can get of, – of they, so they had the tournament here, 2018 and 2017. And of the people that have played both those times, this is the number one player. He finished fifth in 2017 and finished third in 2018. I get him for 6,900. That's Sung Tank. Um, hasn't been playing particularly well this year, but did make the cut last week at Mexico Open. So I got me two guys sub 7,000. I can go pretty top-heavy this week, boys. Yeah, that's, then uh, hey, that, that's pretty impressive how you guys know all those numbers. I, I was saying when, during the break, I said I might have to learn about this uh, DraftKings to be the DraftKings guru. But now that I'm <laughs> listening to studying, yeah, Mr. DraftKings is what they'd be calling me. But now that I've listened to how much you guys got to study and you got to really think about it, I'm not very good at that. So I might just. <laughs> I might join in one time and just come out of nowhere and pick some guys and y'all just laugh at me. Well, I'm going to go uh, with a guy you probably won't laugh about, Woody. I'm going Taylor Moore at 7,100. When Taylor Moore makes the cut this year, he has had some good finishes. I know that it was the team event at the Zurich, but he finished fourth, uh, had the 21st at the Genesis, 16th at the AT&T, and eighth at the RSM. Now, he does have quite a few missed cuts mixed in here, but I'm taking a chance that Taylor Moore makes the cut. 
uh, and makes me a little bit of DraftKings money on the weekend, Colby. So I'm taking a chance that Aaron Rye will finally play a decent Sunday round. He's been good Thursday through Saturday. Sunday, not quite as much. 72 Sunday at the Mexico Open, which at that golf course, bunch. I mean, two course records were tied that day, and he fires a 72, not a very good round. Uh, and then the, the tournament that he played before that was way back at the Valero Texas Open, shot a 73 in the final round there, and he was still top 30 in both of those events with poor final rounds. So I'll take Aaron Rye this week at 7,900. And then I'm going to go up and get a guy, great player, obviously maybe peaked about two years ago uh, on, the, on the tour, major winner uh, from way back in the day, Webb Simpson. Hopefully, Webb Simpson can kind of find some form. This isn't a bomber's paradise. This is a course where you have to place your golf ball, give yourself looks yep. in that 10 to 15-foot range, and make them. Uh, so I'll take Webb Simpson at 8,100. Okay, I'll jump up from 7,100 to 7,400. I'm going Honor Bon Lahiri. He hasn't missed a cut since the Honda Classic. Finished 15th last week in Mexico. Finished second at the Players. Um, Honor Bon Lahiri at 7,400 is too low. I think you can get some value with him. Uh, Taylor, go ahead. So I'm going to go up from 5,900 to 7,400. Another steal, I think, here, a little bit of value. Give me Adam Long, 7,400. Um, and his last uh, seven stroke play events, guys, he's made the cut in six of them. So really like what I'm seeing there. Finished 15th last week at Mexico, finished 12th at the RBC Heritage. So really like that value for a sub-7,500 guy. Then I'm going to go all the way up to 8,300. This is a guy that Dad got off the analytics are really high on this week, so I'm going to roll with it. That's Seamus Power at 8,300. Missed the cut at the Zurich team event, but besides that, last three um, events, finished 27 at the Masters, um, made it through on the match play, got beat by Scotty Scheffler in the uh, in the Elite Eight, and then made the cut at the players. So I really like Seamus Power 8,300, and the analytics are on him too, so I'm going to go ahead and roll with it. All right, then I will go 8,600, Max Homa. He's made 9 of 11 cuts so far this year, but he's made every cut he's played in since the Farmers, guys. And, you know, he finished – didn't have a good finish um, at the Masters, you know, but he made the cut. But if I look at the players, the Arnold Palmer and the Genesis, he finished 13th, 17th, and 10th. And you could even throw in his 14th at the Waste Management. I think he's due um, to maybe contend on the weekend. And, you know, with this strength of field, I think he can do it this week at 8,600. Oh, by the way, Taylor, do you have strength of field pulled up? I do. I, I was, Colby, you just blew right past it. So I was like, well, guess we're going to do that after we give our pick. So, but no, I got it right here. And I've got an interesting little stat here compared to last year. So y'all go ahead and uh, rattle off what y'all think you did. All right, strength of field. I think it's going to be a little higher than last week. Not a lot. A little higher than last week. Last week was like 151. Uh, I'm going to call it 207 this week. Sam? I will go 230. Woody, what do you think? Strength of field. I still think it's below 200. Okay, Taylor, what we got? We got a strength of field of 257, guys. So oh, we've got oh, Sam, well done. 100 points more than last week. So we've got, obviously, Rory Finau, second highest. And you got Answer, uh, Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Paul Casey. So you've got a good amount of top 30 players in there What are kind of boastering it. What is very interesting to me, guys, 257 this year. Last year at Quill Hollow, strength of field was 480. So almost cut in half the strength wow. of field just based off of what appears to just be a course change because it's not really that different in the timing of the schedule. 
Yeah, I mean, guys love Quail Hollow. Quail yep. Hollow is a very popular course on the PGA Tour. I think a lot of guys looked at this as well. I can take right. a week off, and it, it won't really hurt me since it's not at Quail Hollow. Uh, all right, back to DraftKings, my next highest pick. Seamus Power, Taylor, you mentioned it. Analytics love him. Played some good golf earlier out in California uh, in kind of some of that wetter, more cold weather. Uh, so I'll take Power at 8,300. And then I'm going to jump up, take my guy Gare Bear again at 9,100. I've kind of been riding the Gary Woodland train aside from the Masters. He's had some pretty good finishes 24th last week at Mexico and then he was top 10 at Valero he was top five at Arnold Palmer he was top five at the Honda Classic so over the past you know two and a half months he's got three top tens uh, a couple of those being top fives on the PGA Tour I just I feel like he's close I feel like he's close to putting it together and having it click, kind of getting back to that form he was in, uh, maybe not major championship form like he was in in 2019, but to where he can be a guy who wins, you know, maybe once a year, every other year on the PGA Tour for a few years. So uh, Gary Woodland, I I keep just kind of holding on and waiting for him to win again, Sam. Yeah, I will go up to 9,300, a guy, you know, that had that streak of made cuts. He didn't miss a cut between the British Open and this year's RBC Heritage. Now, he finally missed the cut at the RBC Heritage, which means that he is due to start another made cut streak. Uh, Russell Henley, a guy that Data Golf absolutely loves. Um, you know, Data Golf has him as the fourth highest favorite this week behind Rory McIlroy, Corey Connors, and Matthew Fitzpatrick. Um, so that's pretty high praise there from the analytics i'm going russell henley at 9300 t-dub i hope you're right on that that one sam get to him in a little bit i've got two guys in my DraftKings that i think are probably surefire top 10 bets if i had to say it so at 9900 i'm gonna go throw hatton i think this is a course that really suits his game i look back on on hatton's record and he has not missed a cut guys going all the way back to the houston open back in November. So this guy just knows how to get to the weekend and the cash check. So not going to think anything's going to change there. And then my most expensive guy is the most expensive on DraftKings. I'm kind of with Woody in the sense of I'm probably not going to lean towards taking Rory over the field, but I definitely think he's going to be a top 10 bet this week coming off of that second place finish at the Masters. Same thing kind of along um, with Hatton. His only missed cut, it was at the Valero Texas Open the week before the Masters. So I don't put whole lot of stock in that so I really like Rory's chances this week not going to quite go um take Rory versus the field but I definitely would love a Rory top 10 bet even if it is even money or so well that means that I will go not the highest option on DraftKings I will go 10,600 Tony Finau who finished second last week finally showing some good form um you know he finally he finally has been playing some good golf I know he missed the cut at the players when he got um the bad end of the draw but before that he finished 33rd at the Genesis 35th at the match play so that wasn't very good but then you go to the 29th at Valero 35th at the Masters and then second this week I see a little bit of an upward trend with Tony Finau's game um here lately so I'm gonna take a flyer and hopefully he something clicked with him last week in Mexico and he goes out and contends here at TPC Potomac yeah I like that I'm uh going for my most expensive Russell Henley you mentioned it Russell Henley playing good golf really steady it's also, in a strength of field like this, and I kind of did the same thing last week with Mexico, I want to diversify a little bit, and I was trying to decide where I wanted to go one and done. I've got my pool with my Americans and my internationals, my DraftKings. I'm trying to use different guys in all of my pools. That way, I kind of have all my bases covered. Because I don't know, I, I feel like when the strength of field is up five, 600, I feel like there are guys that I really attach myself to. I'm like, man, I, I feel good about this guy this week. Strength of field's like last week and like this week. I don't know, man. I just feel like there are 
80 guys who could win this golf tournament. I'm, like, I'm just looking at the list. Sepp Strzok has already won this year. Siwoo Kim. Let's keep scrolling down. Uh, Jason Day could pop up and win. Brandon Grace. Joel Damon. I just feel like there's tons of guys who can win this golf tournament, um, which can make it interesting. And hopefully, like last week, last week if John Rahm hadn't been on the leaderboard, guys, it would have been a disaster. If Rory's not on the leaderboard this week, it's probably going to be something similar. So hopefully Rory plays good golf. All right. Well, one and done. Colby? One and done. All right. I said I was trying to diversify. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy. Played really well the last time he teed it up. Third place finish at the RBC Heritage. Played some good golf uh, earlier this year out in California where it was a little bit chillier and some, some wind and some rain and that type of stuff. Give me PGA Tour rookie Cameron Young to maybe finally get it done and get in the winner's circle. I think a lot of people are going to go Connors this week, Henley this week, uh, maybe even some finales and answers this week. So I'm going to play what I think is a little bit of a curveball with Cameron Young. T-Dub, who you got? I am going to go, and I'm going to try to break my streak of just atrocious one-and-done picks. Hopefully I can start getting it back together. I'm going to go with you boys' pick, Russell Henley. I think that what I'm seeing, I really like. He hasn't lost stroke approach um, since uh, the uh, Waste Management Phoenix Open, and that was only .04. So he did miss the cut in, in his last time he played at the RBC Heritage, but he lost almost two strokes and gained strokes everywhere else. So I'm going to assume that that was just from coming off of the Masters, going to a new course, not getting adjusted to the green. Uh, Russell Henley leading the tour this year, I believe, in stroke gain approach to green. So love me some Russell Henley. The only reason I'm not higher on him now is because I heard both of y'all have him in your DraftKings and I got him in the one and done. It's the ultimate kiss of death for our boy, Russell Henley. Yeah, well, I was going to go Russell Henley too, but now I'm going to go Max Homa because I think that he is probably, other, other than, you know, Rory McIlroy, I think he's probably the best player in this field other than, you know, Rory McIlroy. I think that Tony Finau is obviously one of the favorites, but I, I wouldn't say that he's better than Max Homa right now. Matthew Fitzpatrick, I think it's pretty even with Max Homa. Give me Max Homa this week at TPC Potomac. I kind of like that. He's because we're waiting for him to pop, right? Wells Fargo Championship was the site of his first PGA Tour win in yep. 2019. Of course, that was at Quail Hollow, so a little bit different, but good good vibes around the event. And he hasn't missed a cut since the Farmers. Yep. He's played seven events since then, four of those top 20s, another 21st finish. Of course, that was at the Zurich uh, with TG where they kind of stumbled a little bit down the stretch to right. end up at 21st. But I kind of like that pick because, uh, again, I feel like that's a guy that not a lot of people are going to be on this week. Yeah, and you know he had the tenth place at the Genesis. Like you said, it, he's had a bunch of solid finishes so far this year. Um, you know, got the win in the fall at the Fortnite Fortnite Championship. Fortnite, uh, but you know, I, I think that it's time for is that him. a victory royale, by the way, <laughs> a victory royale uh, for Max Homa at the Fortnite Championship. But um, yeah, I think that Max Homa is best bet of the week. Top 10. Yeah. All right, Woody, I got to ask you a question. Chikara teeing it up this week. Uh, Tyler talked about it, put him in his DraftKings lineup. A lot of these amateurs are starting to get more sponsors, exemptions, and invites into these PGA Tour events. We don't see amateurs on the leaderboard a ton on the weekends. It's just tough to do. I mean, college PGA Tour, It's uh, we see it from time to time. Ekro finished 12th, I think, at Mayakoba a couple of years ago. Uh, Chikara's made a cut, got her up in the opposite field event in Puerto Rico a couple of months ago, yep. uh, finished top 10, top 15, somewhere in that neighborhood. What do you think of Chikara's chances this week, Woody? Well, obviously, he's on form shooting 64 in that qualifier. Um, well, that, that was Goddard up, so I, I confused you. Oh, I, Goddard up. I threw like oh, six names Goddard at you at once. <laughs> well, I, I still think he's on form. He played pretty good at that at Big 12 championship. Uh, yeah. 
I, I, what you see with the examiners, you're right. It's hard for them to come on and win. I think, you know, Bird Plank did it. Phil Mickelson did it when they were amateurs. But it's rare. It is very rare that an amateur comes out there and wins. Although I will say they're not afraid to win. It used to be that it was kind of like, yeah, they're almost scared to win. But these kids aren't scared to win. I think the draft teams, let me ask you this. Is there an over and under on how many clubs Terrell Hatton will throw this week? Because that's a bet I'd like to get into. So Take uh, the over, whatever it is. Take the over, whatever it is. But uh, I, I hope that he plays really good, especially leading into these you know, regionals and then the NCAAs would be a real confidence boost and it'd make him – It'd make him really tough going into that NCAAs if he happened to have a top 10 finish this week, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely it would. Oh, I mean, 100%. I, I think he's going to have a lot of confidence anyway, and hopefully, uh, again, everybody gets out of the regionals without too much trouble. Now, it's I, – I like that we get the regional sites out. It's exciting and everything, but I hate that it's two weeks away because now we just have to sit here and play the waiting game. We don't get any good college golf uh, on the men's side. Obviously, going to be out at Carson next week for the women's regionals, but – Really excited to watch OUSU in Texas in these regionals. And now we have to play the waiting game. So uh, I guess we're just going to have to be patient because the good golf is coming. It's on the way. So uh, high school, Sam, y'all doing some high school stuff? Yeah, so tomorrow we're um, – let's see. The, today is Wednesday. So today is tomorrow Wednesday. we will be out at Lincoln Park West for the Girls' State Championship 6A. And then next Tuesday we will have coverage from uh, Ardmore, but it's Lakeside, not – Dornick Hills in Ardmore. It's Lakeside Golf Course in Ardmore. We will go down to the 3A state championship where uh, Ryder Callen and OCS looks to defend. Lakeside, uh, I have a special place for Lakeside. That is where I played with my dad a few years ago. Only time in his life he's ever broken 90. It was legit. Wow. It was a legit 89, and we came up number 18. He he knew he needed to par 18 to break 90, and I could tell he was thinking about it. Tee shot was left a little to be desired. <laughs> Second shot left a little be little bit to be desired. He had 90 yards in for his third on 18. It's par four. Yeah. He throws it 35 feet behind the hole on the green, yep. and he steps up and caches the 35 footer <laughs> for an That's 89. Beautiful. And it was it was pretty fun. So yeah, I I enjoy Lakeside. Lakeside might be the only course more wide open than the Mexico Open. Oh, man. There's a lot of places you can hit it at Lakeside. There's a lot of places you can because even the holes, there's a par five, I don't remember what number, four or five maybe, that has water all down the left. But, I mean, you've got 200 yards to the right that you can play it out there. It's just, it's a fun course. It really is. Yeah. So, So that'll be good. Some good high school golf coming up. And uh, next week, we might have a big guest coming on, so stay tuned and see who that is. Hope so, and hopefully the weather cooperates for all of the uh, state championships. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Mother Nature, yeah. rain, rain, By the way, away. all the state championships are on the west side of the state this year. Right? I think the closest site to Tulsa overall is Cushing. Um, but I think that, you know, that other than that in the men's side, I think that the closest one is Jimmy Austin. Which uh, which class is playing Jimmy? Is that 6A? That's 6A. Okay. And when is 6A at Jimmy? Boys State. Is that uh, next week? Tuesday. They're okay. all on Tuesday. So they're having that next Monday, week. Monday, Tuesday. Monday, Tuesday. Right, Tuesday's the final day. Okay, gotcha. And then the following week will be the regional down there. Yes. Yeah, so good stuff. Great golf of, at Jimmy A lot of good golf up. at Jimmy if you want to go out and watch. Absolutely. All right, good stuff, fellas. We'll uh, we'll catch One back up next thing, week. Cole, yeah, go out. ahead, Tyler. I was going to shout out my Oakland and Christian Eagles. They start their regional tomorrow in Division Two in Pueblo, Colorado. So those regionals are a little bit different because instead of having the 13 or 14 teams and five make it, you got 20 teams. Um, with only four spots available, so they're going to have to play some good golf. 
but they are the seventh ranked team in the country according to golf. So look for them to make a run not only at regionals but for uh, potentially a national title. One one other tid one other tidbit for you guys. Uh, if any of the six A boys are listening to our podcast, I'm going to be a rules official on Tuesday down there. So if you are looking for a rules guy, don't call on me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know much about the rules. Uh, uh, Robert O. Smith kindly invited me, and I went. I kind of chuckled. I said, "Really, Robert O., you want me to be a rules official?" So, if you do have a ruling down there, and you're one of those six A boys, look for somebody besides Woody. <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> and work on your lag putting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work on your lag putting, boys, because <laughs> it'll be hard for me not to want to yell something. So, uh, no, I'm I'm gonna have one of those fancy air horns. I'm gonna have my own cart and a box of cigars. So, really, don't bother me. I'm just gonna <laughs> that. That's so great. That's a good place to leave it. Everybody, enjoy the golf this week. We're back next week with more here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. <laughs>